Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 127. We're looking at John chapter 9, verses 13 through 17. This is the episode of Jesus healing the man who had been blind since birth. We saw the healing itself where Jesus encountered this man and spit on the ground, made some mud, put the mud on his eyes, told him to go wash in the pool of of Siloam. He did, and then he could see. So then the man went home, encountered his neighbors and the people who knew him, and they're so flabbergasted by this, some refuse to even believe it's the same man, since he can now see, because blind people do not regain their sight. This is something that just doesn't happen. So they asked him what happened. He told them what happened and that Jesus was the one who healed him. They asked, where is Jesus? He said, I don't know. Let's pick up uh, today's passage, uh, chapter 9, verses 13 through 17. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. The day that Jesus made the bud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. Then the Pharisees asked him again how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed, and I can see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others are saying, How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. Again they asked the blind man, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. Well, the scenario has moved from around the man's home, where His neighbors and the people who knew him are inquiring and expressing their amazement at what happened. Well, then they bring him to the Pharisees. Now, it doesn't say who they is. It could be it's just referring to the people who were uh, already in the story, the the neighbors, the the people who knew him as he was a a common beggar. Or it could just be uh, an undefined they. People brought him to the Pharisees. It, It doesn't really matter, but People do bring him to the Pharisees. Why the Pharisees? Well, this is a miraculous healing. So there's obviously religious overtones to it. And so they go to the religious experts. They go to the people who know stuff about religion. They go to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are are very studious. They know the law. They're very fastidious about following the law. You have a miraculous healing. You go see the religious leaders. So they do. Now, verse 14, John brings up an important aspect of this story. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. So it was a Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day of rest, and the Pharisees had very strict guidelines for how to follow the Sabbath. The the Sabbath was not supposed to be work, but it was a lot of work to obey the Sabbath because they had such elaborate rules, because it had to be laid out. You didn't want to violate the rules, so you have to be very clear about the rules. You can walk this many steps, no further. You can do this much, but no more. You can pick this up, but nothing heavier than that. You can do this, but you can't do that. And so it's a very uh, hard thing to do to follow the rules of the Sabbath, which was supposed to be a gift from God for people to rest but they had made it very difficult. So Jesus is performing a miracle. That's work. Jesus is making mud. You can't make things on the Sabbath. To spit on the ground and make a little 
how much mud can you make with spit? A, a, a tablespoonful to make a tablespoon of, of mud is, is work. You can't do that. Now, the rules did allow for mercy, an act of mercy. If you had to, somebody's life was in danger, you had to step in to save a life, you could do that. But this wasn't that kind of case. This man had been blind since birth, so it wasn't a great crisis. This healing could have waited a day, could have waited till the next day. So you can't claim it was an emergency, it was a crisis. No, you can't do that. Well, all this talk highlights just the, the craziness of their view of the Sabbath. But the Sabbath makes it a big deal because Jesus has now done work on the Sabbath. So verse 15, Then the Pharisees asked him again how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed and I can see. This is the, pl- the same story that he told his neighbors. This is just the facts. This is all he knows. Uh, I encountered this guy named Jesus. He made some mud, he put the mud on my eyes, told me to go wash. I went and washed, and now I can see. So verse 16, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, How can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was division among them. Well, remember when Nicodemus went and saw Jesus back in chapter 3. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, he said, No one can do the things you do unless he's sent from God. So Nicodemus based it upon what Jesus did. But here some of them are saying, it doesn't matter what he did. This man is violating God's rules. You can't be of God and violate God's rules. Others were saying, how can somebody do these kinds of things were he not empowered by God? So there's a division among them. These very respected and learned people are now arguing amongst themselves. Then something amazing happens in verse 17. Again, they ask the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? The fact they're asking this guy's opinion shows that they're having a lot of division amongst themselves. I mean, why would they care what this guy has to say about some theological truth? He he doesn't know anything. He's just been blind since birth and a beggar. They're the religious experts, but they do ask him. But it's amazing they would ask his opinion. And the man says, he is a prophet. This uh, is the highest position that this guy could imagine. When Jesus encountered the woman in Samaria, she said, could he be a prophet? Now this guy's pretty definite. Yeah, he is a prophet. Because what he has done is, he had just said amazing things. He has just spoken with authority. He brought sight to the blind, and that's something that just doesn't happen. So obviously, this guy is a prophet. Obviously, this guy is is tight with God. So that's his position. Now notice the, the shift in his position. Before it was the man they call Jesus. Now... He's a prophet. And it'd be interesting as, as we continue through the narrative, the, the shift in his position about Jesus. So he's already moved from just, there's a guy named Jesus to, he is a prophet. So how do you reconcile these two positions of the Pharisees? If you violate God's rules, you can't be from God. Well, that sounds reasonable enough. But the other side, if you do these kinds of things, you must be from God. That sounds reasonable, too. Well, 
we have to be careful and not just take things at the surface, but Satan can counterfeit miracles. So just because somebody does something miraculous doesn't necessarily mean they're from God. So does that discount those who are saying the fact he did this miracle proves he's from God? No, the, the big question that must be asked that they're not willing to ask, are you sure he's violating God's rules? Now it's pretty clear he's violating your interpretation of God's rules. But is he really violating God's rules? Where in the law in the Old Testament does it say you can't heal somebody on the Sabbath? Now it says the Sabbath is a day of rest. You're supposed to not be working, doing work, doing labor. It doesn't say you can't do anything. It's keep it holy. What can be more holy than healing someone for the glory of God? I remember back when they first encountered the man, Jesus' disciples said, well, whose sin caused this man's blindness? And Jesus said, well, it's not his sin. It's not his parents' sin. The guy is blind, but God's glory is about to be revealed in healing this blind man. Some people are born blind because we live in a fallen world, but the glory of God is about to reveal, be revealed through his healing. So, Keep the Sabbath holy? Oh, yeah, he's keeping the Sabbath holy. He's doing an amazing thing, bringing glory to God. So he's not violating the law, but he's violating their interpretation of the law. That's why we've got to be real careful. We keep a high view of God's standards, but we make sure it's God's standards, not our understanding of God's standards. Now, we, we live within our own understanding, but here's, here's how their understanding is working here. The law says, keep the Sabbath. Well, then they have decided this is what keeping the Sabbath should look like. Well, then he's doing contrary to that. Therefore, he is a lawbreaker. He's violating the Sabbath. Well, no, he is violating your rules that you have set up for people to keep the Sabbath. If uh, we're looking at the the issue of uh, financial management, do, do we make this decision or that decision. Well, the Bible may not be clear about which of those is really the right way to do it. But the Bible does say, be a good steward of your finances. But if I thought I'd say, well, this is what I think being a good steward looks like, and if you're not doing that, then you are violating God's word. Well, no, you're, you're violating my thought about how you should be a good financial steward unless you're doing something that specifically is prohibited in the Bible. And that's just one example. We could could break that down into several places. I mean, the Bible gives us plenty of rules, plenty of places of guidance of do this and don't do that. But so often we start lumping things on top of that, of what is right and wrong. And then when you violate what I have said is right and wrong, I'm very quick to say, you're violating the rules of God. Jesus is not violating the Sabbath. Jesus is performing an act of mercy, bringing glory to God, keeping the Sabbath holy. But what he's doing is he's not doing it the way they think you're supposed to do it. And so they're extrapolating then to he is a lawbreaker. And it's going to create more trouble as we continue seeing the uh, religious leaders play this out.
could also watch the formerly blind man and his maturation of his view of who Jesus is. He was just the man called Jesus. Now he's a prophet. Well, let's pay attention as we continue working through the Gospel of John. Join me next time we continue in John.